Okay, so when we first jumped into this module, um, we really didn't start off by immediately jumping into um, how dance and religion correlate to each other and how its origins can relate to how um, we dance a lot today. Um, we started off by identifying exactly like what the body um is like um and that really started off with attitude and we um all identified and agreed that the body exists as this medium for dance to take place it's it's this different form of communication that we utilize um to speak to one another and to also speak to ourselves um and the attitude that we project um towards the body and into the space um it can really dictate and direct um how uh people will dance uh, when they will dance um who they will dance with uh what kind of music that they're going to be using um and it also happens to be that a lot of these attitudes can be um, based and centered around this religious and spiritual con uh, context. And um, a lot of these um, beliefs will really manifest through movement and in dance. Um, like we we identified that like a community can believe the body is holy, um, they will dance in a much different way than a group who thinks that the body is this dirty and sinful thing. So like a group who believes the body is holy, they will usually dance with softer tones, more grace, flow, effort. Um, and a group that thinks the body is inherently bad might dance with a little bit more force. Um, grittiness something that really uh embodies this idea that the body is something that needs to have suff uh, suffering in order to change and develop um and uh, moving on there was this also this idea that dance is believed to originated out of worship and a lot of these dances um were used for a specific reason, um, especially in contexts of worship. A lot of these dances could have been used for imitation, uh, whether it would be to dance like a specific animal, um, an antelope, a gazelle, a fox, a lion, um, could be used to dance um, like an object that you might find in your house. Like for a modern example is a fan, uh, someone might implement more rotation and um, circular movements into their body and into their dancing. Um, and they will also, um, there, there was also dances that were used for more medicinal reasons. Um, this could be to help promote um, better healing for the body, um, uh, to help promote better healing for other people, to help heal um, 
just the the physical essence of the body. Um, but dances were also used for uh, commemoration and like this um, congregation of people to come together to celebrate um, a deity or a specific animal that has a high religious context within their community. Um, and through this, dances can also be seen as this spiritual connection straight to a deity. Uh, they will they will dance directly to create this open line, um, which I'll talk about in a little bit um, with the ocean um, dance and who and what those people are. Um, but some some other examples that of like communities that really utilize this religious dance is um, the Aborigines in Australia. They have their own specific dance. Um, we can see this with the hula in Hawaii. Um, we can even see this in liturg um, liturgical dance, excuse me, in um, early American culture, or the lamban, which originated in Mali. Um, there's just so many different cultures um, that are spread so far around the world that um, can utilize this dance either in commemorative or religious or spiritual context either to um, connect themselves to a higher power or to even just connect themselves with other people or even to themselves um, and one question that I felt was kind of really important that was asked by our classmate V um, was how can we teach dancers from a young age to not develop like monocultural views on dancing? Uh, what age should dance teachers start teaching their students the histories um, of the style that they're working with? Um, should an introduction be taught um, before they start da uh, diving into technical aspects? Um, and I think that it's very important that um, if you are having your child start at an early age with dancing, you need to open them up and just have them digest as much information as they can from multiple different styles of dance, whether you start them in jazz and then move them over into, um, let's say, like Filipino dancing um, with a tinikling or um, even with more... Um, European dances uh, that could be based out of ballet, um, whether that be like Chiquetti or even um, uh, Vaganova um, ballet dancing, um, just trying to have them exposed to as much dance as possible so that they can have this well-rounded um, sort of jack-of-all-trades kind of outlook on it. Um, and with that, like, there of course needs to be historical context with that. You need to um, you as a teacher or having your teacher explain fully and in detail what these dances specifically mean to a culture, um, the historical and cultural significance that these moves have, um, what they represent and especially who they represent, because there are a lot of dances that do have this deep-rooted historical significance within that country or within that community that needs to be learned about. And um, 
with these a lot a lot of these dances that do have a little bit more historical significance that maybe aren't um so talked about as a lot of uh western european dances like ballet or even american um style like modern um with graham or um even with um alvin ailey um there's a lot of traditional aspects that can come in with these smaller dances that not a lot of people know about. And um, with dance, trying to ensure that it becomes a tradition, uh, I'm under the impression that tradition can be created in an instant. Um, the moment that you decide to tell yourself or to tell other people or a group of people decide that they want to do this again, whether that be an everyday traditional thing, um, such as like Monday through Friday, you create the specific dish, um, or um, you can have this yearly recurrence where you all get together to um, throw a party that's mainly focused around dance um, and with dance, um, creating that tradition, just having that repetitive um, mentality in your head that you want to continue to do this, that you want to keep doing this. Um, and a lot of these traditional values are really upheld in familial aspects where you can see grand, um, grandparents, uh, teaching grandchildren how to do these dances. And then those grandchildren end up teaching their children or their grandchildren or their great grandchildren how to do these specific types of dances. Um, and, with um with having that idea of like traditional dance um and this idea of religious and spiritual attitude um we can really see this a lot in ocean uh dancing which was originated um within yoruba which is um in nigeria um it was this dance um or you could even consider it like a collection movement that was dedicated to the deity ocean. Um, and these were all performed by the people who lived within the Yoruba land. Um, and in Santeria and Candomble um, and other dance practitioners um, around that area. And um, this did originate in Yoruba, but it's now done worldwide. And that is because of the huge con uh, contributor of the transatlantic uh, slave trade um, and also through globalization and cultures just becoming shared um, over time and like in more modern days. Um, and this, this dance specifically was really done during religious ceremonies, um, but could also have been done so in uh, social settings at parties or with just a um, a large group of people just coming together to dance. And this ceremony, um, the movements within it, um, were primarily done to, um, open this pathway or, like, this line of communication with their deity to speak with them, um, through, through their movement. And, um... In the video that we watched, um, which was um, based out of Cuba, I believe, um, 
we see this dance starting with this woman who is sitting on the ground. She is dressed in this uh, bright yellow um, dress with uh, wearing a headpiece and this skirt or this um, the bottom half of her dress is very open and flowy. Um, and in this dance, you see a lot of shoulder movement, um, the shoulders swinging back and forth. Um, and with that, the arms are mostly staying attached to the skirt, um, moving them back and forth um, in conjecture with the, or in conjunction with the shoulders swaying back and forth. And um, we see that there is a lot of travel and use of the space that you can see around um, the area where she was dancing. And she had all, she was also seen dancing with two other men who, um, it almost seemed like they were having a conversation with each other. There was a lot of eye contact. There was a lot of back and forth, much like how you would see in a conversation. Uh, and this uh, conversation, if you will, traveled in correlation with the music. Um, and the movement, uh, the movement and the music seemed to go hand in hand with each other. Like, and it wasn't just the dancers speaking to each other, but it was also the dancers speaking with the musicians and the musicians speaking back, um, in this give take relationship. Um, and they moved in unison with each other. Um, this music did tend to have a more faster pace, um, but again, it did have this relationship with the um, it did have this relationship with the dancers, um, and a lot of the movement um, was based around um, walking, jumping, skipping, and like the the shoulder movement going back and forth. But it was also very free flowing. It was very light, um, easy. There wasn't a lot of. A strenuous effort that was placed into these movements and through that it just created this seamless like very internal feel good um in in the video you could see her um smiling the entire time she was happy they were all glad to be together and performing this dance with each other and to be in this space listening to this music being played with them uh it was just this very like feel good internally style of uh movement and i believe that is everything all right thank you so much